Amen. You may be seated. I tell you what, it's good to see your faces each week. A few more of you are popping out and braving to come to church, and we're glad that you're here. And um, we have a lot of folks that are watching on Facebook, and uh, I've asked them to keep, uh, when you're on Facebook, to let us know you're there and talk to Heath while you're there. And it's good to look and see who joined us for church. Now, I did this in the first service, have to do it again, because I don't know, uh, you know, like when you go to school, mom and dad, and there's the concert and the kids are waiting from the stage. Well, my dad and stepmom have been watching me preach every week in Michigan. So I want to say happy Father's Day to my daddy in Michigan this morning. And so happy Father's Day to all of you. So we're going to get right into our sermon this morning and our series for uh, this is the second sermon in Stronger Faith. We're looking at the lives of four heroes of the faith from the book of Genesis. And we're trying to learn what we can from their stories and their lives so we can have a stronger faith. So last Sunday we talked about Noah. And the life of Noah taught us that if we wanted stronger faith, we needed to learn to obey God no matter what he asks us to do. So we have a theme verse that kind of goes with this whole uh, series. We're going to read that together. Hebrews 11:6. Let's read it together. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So today we're going to continue in our series. We're looking at Abraham. Abraham is one of the most important characters, not only in the Book of Genesis, but in the entire Bible. And we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 12. That's where we're picking up Abraham's story. The very first verse says, The Lord had said to Abram. So just pause just a minute. We're talking about Abraham, and now the scripture starts right out talking about Abram. So what I want you to understand this morning, it's the same guy. His name was Abram, and later on, God changes his name to what we know as Abraham. Now, in the Old Testament, names were very important. They often described your character or, the, or your destiny, and God changes his name for an important reason, and we're going to get to that in just a bit. So, Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. So this morning, there's a lot of Abraham in Genesis, but we're just starting and focusing on the beginning of his story, the place where Abraham first learned to trust God. It's the place where Abraham first stepped out of his comfort zone into God's character zone. And let me tell you what, explain to you what I'm talking about. We live in one of two zones in our life. We either live in our comfort zone or we live in God's character zone. Now, most of us live and like to live in the comfort zone because it's safer, it's easier, it doesn't require much courage, it doesn't require much faith. The goal here is just to be happy, to be content, and settle in. I just think about being in a fluffy recliner, right? 
We get in the comfort, uh, comfort zone, we like to relax, and we want to stay there. We really think it's a really, really good place to be. But there's a problem with the comfort zone. The comfort zone is a no-grow zone. The comfort zone is a no-grow zone. You don't grow when you're comfortable and you're playing it safe. Just think about an athlete. An athlete only grows when they push themselves outside of their comfort zone. They have to push their limits. They have to build their endurance and their strength. And it's the same in our spiritual life. You're never going to be able to live the life God has for you if you stay in the comfort zone. You're going to be frustrated because you're always going to be living life halfway. So this morning, maybe like Abraham, you might be in a place in your life where God is simply leading you out of your comfort zone into something new. Now, uh, Pastor Landon and Shelby um, are just moved here this week. They're fresh. This is their first Sunday. And Landon graduated in May from Southern Westland. So that was kind of a transition time. Then they went home for a few weeks and then got married. And that was another transition. And they're still smiling after two weeks, so I think it's good. And then, and then he needed a job. And they were on the search for a church, and the right church, and the right place. And uh, thank God we were it, and for them and for us. And uh, so they came, and he followed that path. And Shelby is still a student at school. She has another year and a half to finish up her teaching degree. So Landon naturally followed a path that was transitioning him out of his comfort zone, what he had known for the last four years, into the God's character zone, which was new. Our, our daughter did the same thing this week. Emily graduated with Landon, and uh, Emily left us on Thursday. She drove to Columbus, Ohio, where she is going to be a resident for the next year at Cypress Wesleyan, a very large Wesleyan church, and uh, learning more about being a worship pastor. It was a natural transition for her. It was time for the next thing, and she's going to be challenged, and she's out of her comfort zone, living with a host family for a year, um, I'll be honest, God blessed us when he moved us here and gave us these four years with Emily in college. Our son was here for two, and then he married and moved back to Ohio, but I thought it was a really blessing, and then Corona came, and then Emily was home for two and a half months straight with us, and I thought maybe he overblessed us. <laughs> we miss her. It's sad in our house. Thursday was a sad day. The dog keeps going to the couch and sniffing where she sits, so it's a little sad. But she has transitioned out of her comfort zone into the next thing. But listen, for some of us, we find that at times, life is brutal. And our comfort zone gets ripped out right underneath us. And instantly, life is turned upside down. You ever been there? Right? No matter how it happens, though, whether it's natural or something happens, God's going to use it to move you out of your comfort zone into the character zone. God wants you to learn to trust him and to build a stronger faith. Once you get into God's character zone, listen, he's going to ask you to do some things you cannot do on your own. It's going to require you to have faith and to trust him. So let's look at Abraham's story and what we can learn about building a faith today that trusts. To build a faith that trusts, first of all, you've got to embrace God's plan for your life. Doesn't mean know about it, look at it afar, dance around it, embrace it, see it, live it. 
See, this is where stronger faith begins. Trusting that God loves you. Come. Trusting that God knows what's best for you and embracing the plan he has for you. That's exactly what Abraham did today in our scripture. It says, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So Abraham, or Abram, went as the Lord told him. Notice something. God only revealed part of the plan to Abraham. He says, leave your home, and then I'm going to show you down the road. I'm going to take you to a place. God doesn't tell Abraham specifically. He doesn't give him every step. He doesn't give him the details. He doesn't give him a map, and there's no agenda. Now, for you, those of you that are planner people, you know, you go on vacation, you have the, the map planned, you have every day what you're doing at what time planned. Uh, this could really make you uncomfortable. This whole idea of just get on the road and trust me, you'll get to the place that you need to be, it's a little bit too freewheeling for you, right? But although it may make us uncomfortable to only have part of the information, I've got news for you this morning. That's typically the way God leads us. He doesn't reveal the whole picture. How can we know what God's plan or His will is for life? I want to share with you just three simple things this morning. There's probably a hundred, but here's three. First of all, to understand, God does not hide His plan from you. He's not playing hide and seek, trying to make you guess or jump through hoops this morning. He doesn't hide his plan for your life. If the truth uh, were said this morning, the problem is we're just getting too busy. We're getting so busy that we're not paying attention and we don't take time to listen to God. We're so focused on our goals and our plans that we, then we take control. And we're like, well, I'm going to plan this for my life. I'm going to go here and then I'm going to do this. We stop listening for God's guidance. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now we talked about this a few weeks ago when I preached on the Good Shepherd. If we belong to God, the sheep and the shepherd, if we belong to God, we learn to listen to his voice. Listen, the shepherd's voice is the only voice that the sheep will listen to. Remember? The shepherd, if two shepherds came together and they put all the sheep in one pen, they didn't know how you would get them separated. It's really easy. The shepherd goes out and he calls his sheep. The only ones that will come out are the ones that know their shepherd. Now, if Landon has sheep and I have sheep, my sheep are not going to go to Landon. He's a stranger. They're only going to listen to their shepherd. His sheep choose to listen to his voice. Now, last week I challenged you that we have to stop listening to other voices. We learned that from Noah's life. We have to listen to God's voice supremely. Noah had all these voices speaking to him. You know, it's crazy, Noah, why are you doing that? And it took him forever to build that ark. But you've got to quit listening to other voices. You've got to listen to God's voice supremely above all others. We've got to listen to God and then just follow where he leads. The good shepherd cares for a sheep. Remember? story of the 99 and 1, the shepherd leaves 99 to go find the 1 because he cares about every sheep. He leads them. We just have to listen and follow. So God's plan is not hidden from us this morning. The truth is, 
Much of God's plan is already revealed in his word. That's another way for us to hear God's voice is by reading the word. That's why we need to saturate our heart and mind and we need to be able to recognize God's voice by reading his word. And when we do that, we also give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to use his word to speak to us. We also need to understand that God's plan is rarely given in its entirety. Now, we're already learning that this morning from Abraham. God doesn't give you all of the details. Now, when we go somewhere, we pull out our Google Maps and we punch it in. Google Maps doesn't give you all the details. It doesn't start telling you the next 45 turns you have to make because Pastor Paul's really ADD. And after you get past the second direction, I'm lost and I forgot the first one, right? So it gives it to you turn by turn. God doesn't show us everything up front. And if he did, we might not be able to handle it. He gives it to us step by step. He waits for us to walk with him in obedience and to trust him. Stormy O'Mardian wrote a book that I love. It's called Just Enough Light for the Step I'm On. So the whole premise of the book is right in the title. We are supposed to walk step and step with God. And what she, what she suggests is, whether it's a flashlight or let's say it's just a headlight on my car, I can see right here in front of my car where my headlight is. Now, up further, I might see some deer eyes, you know, up there, and, but I can't really make it out. But right here, I can see clearly. What Stormy would suggest is God illuminates what we need to see for today at this step. And all he's asking us to do is to step in what we know right here. So how do I get this light to move? How do you get it to move in your car? What? You got to move, right? So here's how it works. God lights up right here. I move. And the light moves. As I move, God illuminates more of his plan. And he keeps equipping me to trust him. We need to understand that God's plan is also customized to the individual. God's plan from Abraham was to go to the land of Canaan and to become the father of many nations. That plan was not the plan for Pastor Paul, and it's not the plan for you. And whatever the plan is for your life is not the plan that is for my life. But listen to me. God has a plan for each of us. Like the shepherd, we talked about that bummer lamb when we talked about the good shepherd, the poor little lamb that gets rejected and the shepherd holds it close to his heart, right? How awesome is it that God loves us so intimately that he cares about every detail of our life and he creates us for a purpose. Your purpose is different, my purpose is different, but together we accomplish what God wants. It's our responsibility to listen and to follow and trust the plan. So we say we want to know God's will, but let me be honest with you this morning. A lot of the times we already know God's will. I mean... We know if there's a sin in our lives that doesn't please God. We know it. We know that we're supposed to get rid of it. We know if we come across someone who's having a terrible time or is going through a tough situation, that right there we have an opportunity to encourage them or to pray for them or talk to them about Jesus or just invite them to church. We already know we have the opportunity. The problem is too often we're just reluctant to do it. It's not that we don't know. We're just not obeying the things that he's already showing us. 
You know the life for today on this step. If you'll trust God's plan, I mean embrace it, really step into it and live it, follow where he leads, your faith will grow stronger. To build a faith that, that trusts, you cannot give up when you face obstacles. As you follow God's leading, maybe for your family, for your future, for your finances, for relationships, for career choices, whatever it is in your life that you're facing, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not always going to be easy. You're going to face obstacles, but here's the thing. Don't let them wipe you out. Don't let them get you sidetracked. Because if I want you to understand this morning that by trusting God and going through the obstacles, He will strengthen your faith. Abraham faced obstacles. We see in verse 4, that it says, Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, 75 years old, if you were at Pickensview, you'd be retired by now. On the lake, Kiwi, doing fishing or something. Abraham was 75 years old. He'd already built his life. He had his land and his home and his wealth. He was pretty established and settled. The last thing he was expecting was for God to come along and uproot everything. And um, everything that he built all of his life, and ask him to go. And not just go, but hey, go somewhere, I'll show you later. Not going to tell you where. Listen, it was an obstacle in his life. Sometimes the hardest thing for us to do is trust God's timing. Are you crazy, God? At a time when Abraham was thinking, uh, this is when I'm going to settle down. It's time for me to get in my comfort zone. God was saying, go. We have to learn to trust God's timing. Maybe you're not at the place you thought you would be in your life right now. Maybe you want to be married by now. Maybe you want to have a different house, or you wanted a family, or you want to be somewhere else in your career, or somewhere else with money, or whatever it is. Our timing and God's timing are not always the same. Are you going to trust God's timing, or are you going to try to force it and make it happen on your own. And let me tell you, please think twice. God knows what's best for you. He sees things that you and I cannot see. And even though I can't see it, even though I don't understand, we have to be able to say to God, I will trust your timing. Sometimes it seems like God's slow, right? It takes a long time. Trust his timing. The second obstacle that Abraham faced was in verse, chapter, uh, verse number 10. At that time, after he gets to Canaan, at that time a severe famine struck the land of Canaan. So Abraham trusted God. He did exactly what God asked him to do. He uprooted his family, he left and he went to Canaan. Now when he gets there, he finds there's a severe famine, which means there's no food. Have you ever been there? Have you ever found yourself saying, God, I did everything the right way. I did what I was supposed to do. I trusted you. And then when I get there, this is what I get for trusting you. I'm going to tell you the hardest, one of the hardest times in my life is when I found out my mom had cancer. We were pastoring in Buffalo. I was about 37 years old. Our kids were small. And uh, we got the call that my mom had non-operable Lung cancer. You know, that just flips your boat upside down. When you hear the cancer word, and then you hear the word inoperable. 
And I'll be honest with you, I, 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 I'm thankful that time helps God heals things. But I remember how frantic I was. Because I'll be dishonest with you, I didn't like the plan. I did not want my mom to die. I was 37 years old. Some of you go with your children to the beach. You take your whole family and you go to the beach. And you have a great time. I thought my kids were going to have the opportunity to be with grandma and grandpa and do those things. You've got to understand, my mom was, the, was fun grandma. She, my mom bought a computer just to play computer games. I mean, she did that before it was even cool, right? Grandma had her own slot machine from a casino in the dining room. You, did, you never ran out. You just used the key and got all the coins back out. It was a blast at grandma. She had a swimming pool. I said to God, I said, God, do you know how hard it was for me to follow my call to be a pastor? I've fought you for so long. And then this is what I get. Do you know my mom and dad are in Michigan? I only get to see them two or three times a year, and now my mom's going to die. Listen, just because obstacles come in our life and life gets tough, it doesn't mean that we're on the wrong path. And it doesn't mean that God abandons us because he doesn't. And it was because of my mom's cancer that my, my dad and I were able to go to her ICU room and pray with her to accept Jesus Christ. She's in heaven. Listen, following Jesus is seldom the easy path, but it's the best path. It's the most fulfilling path, and this is what we were created for, to walk in hand in hand with the Good Shepherd. But now, I want to caution you a little bit. You've got to be careful when we're trying to discern God's will and His plan. Satan can put obstacles in our path to discourage us. Sometimes we see those obstacles and we think, oh, this must not be God's plan. There's a speed bump. You've got you to discern all that. But Satan's good at putting obstacles in there because he wants to keep us from God's best. He wants to keep you from staying with God's plan. Satan can also open doors to the wrong places. Girls to the wrong guy. Wrong option. Now, the good example of that, first of all, Job lived through that. Just read the whole book of Job and see what Satan can do to you and throw in speed bumps. Jesus, after he was tempted in the desert, he, after the desert, he comes and Satan tempts him. Three times he talks about obstacles. And I love how Satan, well, Jesus, why don't you take door number two? Right? Satan's like, Jesus, just, just take the shortcut. Here's another option. You don't really have to die in the cross. Just go on this path. Listen to me. Don't settle for something less than God's best. Don't let Satan mess you up. He's a liar and God's on your side to help you figure it out, I promise. When you find obstacles in your path, you need to trust, like Abraham did, learn to trust God's promises. That's our next point. To build a faith that trusts, you've got to trust God's promises. God made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of of many nations. And Abraham clung to that promise when he traveled from Haran to Canaan. And then he got there and there was a famine. How did he get through the obstacles? He clung, he held tight to the promises of God. He held tight to the promise, but it took God 25 years for him to fulfill the promise 
of giving him a son so that he would be the father of many nations. 25 years. That's how Abraham got through, and it's how we're going to get through, is by trusting God's promises. Now, I know some of you are facing some big obstacles in your life, and you're struggling this morning. Hear your pastor's heart this morning. God loves you. He cares about you. He has a plan for your life. And listen, he will keep his promises to you. You never believe us, never will forsake us. The Bible is filled with over 7,000 promises. And what's the most incredible thing is he keeps every one. While it may not be easy, maybe it will take longer than you think. Maybe it won't turn out the way you thought it should. If you trust God and you trust your promises, his promises, you will get through and your faith will grow stronger. We read in Romans 4.20 how that happened for Abraham. How did his faith grow stronger? It said, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Listen, when you're struggling and you just keep claiming the promises, people are watching your life. Man, the person's different. You're bringing glory to God when you're standing on his promises and you're living your life. People are watching. Abraham's faith grew stronger because of the obstacles. So I'm telling you this morning, no matter what you're facing, don't give up and trust God through it. Trust his promises. If you want to build a faith that trusts, you've got to follow even when it doesn't make sense. Sometimes God asks us to do things that are hard. Sometimes he asks us to do things that are, that are crazy. And on the surface, when you just look at the situation, it doesn't make a lot of sense. When we moved here almost, it'll be four years in, in September, it didn't make a lot of sense. Our son Jordan uh, needed to finish up his degree, and we were coming for a visit to Southern Wesley. And one night I was lying in bed, and all of a sudden it had this twinge in my heart, you know, like, loved it when you were 25 years ago and when you were at Southern Wesleyan and maybe we could go live in the South again. Wouldn't that be awesome? Your tires snow anyway, right? Ugh. Nah! That's crazy talk. I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I don't want to follow my kids and have my fingers all over in their life. That's just crazy. God had a different plan. My son Jordan was so supportive and logical back in those days as a teenager. And uh, I said, Dad, that didn't make sense. Why, why are you going to do that? We were leaving a church of over 600. And he said, Dad, why would you go from a big church to a small church? Dad, in your kids' ministry, God has really grown. You have 150 kids every Sunday. And you're going to go work with three? God, Dad, Dad, that didn't make sense. Then he says, and Dad, you know, I want to marry Holly. And she lives in Ohio. We're moving back to Ohio. Jordan and Emily... Grew up in that church for 12 years. They both graduated from high school. That was home for Jordan. And Dad, what are you going to do when we have a grandbaby? What are you going to do then, Dad, when you're living in South Carolina? Miss her like crazy and go visit her in two weeks. Oh, she's such a cutie. But finally, I looked at Jordan. And, you know, as a good dad, he looked, I said, you're young and stupid. But I look at you stupid when I'm preaching. I said, Jordan, 
You can get a call tomorrow and move to Colorado for your job or California. I cannot follow you. I've got to follow God's plan for my life. So Emily left us this week. We're praying she comes back to this house. She's promising Daddy she's going to be a Southern girl. You pray for that. I had to follow God's plan. It led us to a place called Pickens View. Who never thought I'd be a senior pastor, and here we are. Listen, it's only when we follow where God leads, even though it doesn't make sense, often it's out of the comfort zone into God's character zone that we really learn to trust him. Hebrews 8, 11.8 says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Listen, even though he did not know where he was going. When we follow God, even if we don't understand how it's all going to work out, we can experience his best and his blessing. Will you follow God, even if it doesn't make sense? That's the path that Abraham chose, and God blessed him. And that's the path to stronger faith. So here's our stronger faith lesson for this week. Last week, we said our faith grows stronger every time we obey God. Today, our faith grows stronger every time we trust God without fully understanding. Whether it's the big thing or the little thing. Just trust God, even though you don't understand. Now, I've got a deep theological thing to lay on you this morning about something I've learned in my life. God is God. And I am not. Do you know that in your life? Have you learned that lesson? It means I'm never going to fully understand why God wants me to do some of the things he wants me to do. I'll never have all of the answers. Listen, when I go through stuff with you as your pastor, when you're sick, and when someone you love is dying, I'm going to cry with you. And I don't understand. Because I'm not God, and his ways are higher than my ways, but I'm going to love you. And we're all going to walk this road together. We've got to learn to trust God in the midst of things that don't make sense. Even when I can't see ahead and when I don't understand how it's all going to work out. We've got to trust God anyway. Finally, this morning, if you want to build a faith that trusts, you've got to surrender every area of your life to God. In order for Abraham to experience God's blessing and to experience the promise that he had for him, he had to surrender every area of his life to God. He had to trust God with his family and his finances and his future. Abraham was all in. Remember, he's 75 years old when God comes to him and asks him to leave everything behind. And he has no kids. God comes to Abraham 24 years later. Abraham trusted him for a long time. Abraham was surrendering and trusting God. And listen, you and I get upset when God doesn't answer us in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Genesis 17, 4 says, God is speaking to Abraham. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. God changes his name, his name. When Abraham was 99 years old, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. And remember, names are important in the Old Testament. The name Abraham means father of many. So God changed his name. It was his way of confirming his covenant. It was the way that um, 
He was telling him he was going to keep the promise that he made to Abraham. One year later, Abraham's son Isaac was born. God not only confirmed the promise, he kept the promise. Abraham had to surrender to God, to trust God's plan, even when it didn't make sense. Remember, his wife couldn't have children. They laughed about it. They're like, yeah, we're going to have kids. We'll see how that works. When it doesn't make sense, when all the pieces of the puzzle don't seem to fit together, you got to trust him anyway. And like with Abraham, God will bless you through it. So right now, in this room, or wherever you are, if you're watching us on Facebook today, there's an area in your life where you're living in the comfort zone. And God is calling you to his character zone. I knew before I even preached, I've been praying about this all week. God's been poking you in the eyeball and the heart. And you already know what it is. Because when God speaks to us, it's right there. But I want to encourage you today to surrender that to him. To learn to trust him so you can have stronger faith. Here's the problem. We just want to play it safe. And we want to stay comfortable. Trusting God may mean for you this morning not giving up on your marriage. Or not giving up on a dream. And continuing to fight through all the obstacles to trust God for it to work out. Maybe for you it's surrendering to God the health crisis you're facing. And telling God, I don't know how this is going to end. But I am going to trust you through it. Maybe for you this morning, it's trusting God with your finances and trusting Him to meet your needs. Maybe it's ending an unhealthy relationship so you don't settle for something less, but you wait for the better thing that God has for you. I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is God's speaking to you this morning, I want you to know He loves you and He wants the best for you. He wants you to grow in your character. He wants you to grow into the person that He's created you to be. You've got to be willing to surrender and let him do it. The tragedy is so many Christians are afraid to trust God. It's okay, God, to give me salvation. I like that. But now you start messing with my life. I don't know if I can trust you. It's sad. We, we're afraid to step out of the comfort zone into God's character zone, into the place where God can bless us and grow us and, get, and strengthen our faith. We settle for the comfort zone when God is calling us so much more. An abundant life, Jesus said, I came to give them. Don't let that be the story of your life this morning. Don't let that be the story of our church. Let it be said of you, let it be said of us, that we're not willing to sit idly by in the comfort zone when God has so much more. And let me tell you something, church. When you get to meet all the staff that are here, Pastor Sherry, Pastor Randy, Pastor Landon, Pastor Keith, Pastor Natasha. And you see what God has assembled for Pickett's view. He's got a plan that is beyond our imagination. And we have to grab hold. We've got to get out of the comfort zone. Listen, what area is God speaking to you about this morning? I'm going to pray, I'm going to close. And during that prayer time, whatever it is, I want you to commit it to God this morning. If you say, oh, I'll do it after lunch, you will not. You'll forget about it. You'll push it aside. Oh, that was just tacos talking to me from last night. That wasn't God. It is God. 
and he knows that you'd love to just slide back into the comfort zone, take a risk this morning. Trust God in his word and his promises to say, God, the best I can this morning. I heard Pastor Paul, I heard your word. I'm going to trust you in this area of my life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the story of Abraham and how we have learned that we've got to have a faith, not only that obeys, but a faith that will trust you. God, help us when we're weak. Help us when we face obstacles and they rattle our world and we're struggling. God, help us to see you around us. Help us see you working so that we want to embrace the plan you have for us. To realize that it's the safest place to be, it's the best place to be, is following your plan, even when it doesn't make sense. Help us, Lord, to think about that area in the life, our lives where we need to trust you this morning and we need to surrender to you. Right now, Holy Spirit, in your heart this morning, right now, quietly pray to God. Whatever that area of comfort zone that's in your mind, just turn that area over to him and say, God, help me to trust you. Help me to follow you. Help me to follow your path, your plan for my life. Jesus, grow stronger faith in me and help me not be a chicken. Help me to do this, God, by your spirit. Lord, we give these areas to you from our lives this morning. We love you. We thank you for loving us. And today we choose to trust and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we dismiss you this morning, we have a short video for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads. And uh, I want to remind you that you'll stay seated and the ushers will dismiss from the back. And whatever side, you, they'll either go out the center and you go out the center doors. Or if you're on the, this, the ends, you go out the side doors. The offering containers are out in the foyer. And I just tell you, it's so good to see you in church. Let's watch this and then we'll head on home. And now, as you go into your world. May you love your children like God loves his children. May you find your identity in being a son of the only perfect father. impossible, make it impossible for your daughters to ever find a husband as good as their dad. May you teach your children that their mother is the most beautiful woman alive. She's really pretty. May you risk more, worry less, and play hard. May you lead your family, not as a king, but as a servant. Who protects their hearts, protects their hearts. May you laugh at the little things, the little things. And finally, and finally, may you lay down your life for your family. May you introduce them to a God, to a God that's already done that exact thing.
We hope that you have a great day today. Great day today. Have a great day today. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.